Blog Talk Radio. Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to our podcast. It is show number 331. Woo! And our special guest, a return guest, because he's so fantastic. The last time we spoke, we had such a great conversation, uh, one of my favorite shows that I wanted him to come back again, Dr. Jacob Lieberman. He's got a whole bunch of books, but um, <clears throat> the big one is Luminous Life. You may have heard of that one, and he also wrote, Take your take Off Your Glasses and See, Wisdom from an Empty Mind. He's got a couple other things he's working on, and just absolutely fantastic. He's calling in from Maui, I believe. Here I am in New York City, where it's December 5th, and it's cold out, cold out. I've harped about the weather a few times over the past couple of months because it has just been unseasonable, whether it's been overcast. It's weird because every single morning is overcast and every single evening it's overcast. We get some sun every once in a while during the day, but it's a bizarre weather pattern uh, that we've been having. And now it's been cold. It's been colder than usual for the last month or two, and it was very rainy in November. So we'll see how it goes as we march towards the holidays and I hope everybody's doing well, and I hope everybody's kind of uh, not letting that whole holiday uh, fever, commercial fever, take over your lives. I know you have to get presents for some people, and particularly kids love the presents and the holidays and Christmas or Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah to those who are celebrating. And um, there's a lot of gift-giving, a lot of packages. I see it every time I pass the front desk of my building. There's like boxes piled up to the ceiling, and this is just the beginning. So the next couple of weeks get pretty hairy. My advice is do your shopping early. Don't wait for the last minute. You know, when they put everything on sale at Black Friday, then it extended to Cyber. First it was Black Friday week this year, then Cyber Monday. Then they've just extended everything or killed some sales and then re-upped them again. And I think everything's going to be on sale right through the end of the year. So even though the prices are good, you want to have your stuff delivered. So I made sure I made a list. Mr. Organization here, and I got the presence for the most part out of the way around Black Friday time. Didn't step into a store all online. Uh, you know what? That's just the way it is. So the store is really uh, going out of the way to grab people offering uh, fantastic sales. But you still, you can get the same thing or better online. And for the most part, you can get free shipping. There's a couple of stipulations usually, but. Um, I guess everybody's been hip to that. And this year, I think what they're doing is the, in the retail business, it's the, they're thinking people have money, even though next year there's people are going to be in for a surprise when these tax uh, cuts kick into the average person and they're not going to have the same amount of deductions. And you know, who knows if the stock market and all of that is going to keep humming along, but um the objective for the big brands and the retailers, they want to get their discounting like crazy because they want to get their share of retail dollars being spent because they know people are going to spend a record amount of money this year and they want to get their fair share. 
So maybe they don't make it up on uh, quality of a sale, but they make it up on quantity. So anyhow, good luck with your all your holiday stuff that you have to do. Um, let's see what's happening here. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. And that includes relationships and wellness and spirituality. And I have been blessed over the course of my 330 shows today, today's 331, with meeting uh, so many wonderful people like our guest uh, today, Dr. Jacob Lieberman, that I've gotten such an education reading their books, talking to them, asking the questions I'd want to ask if I was a listener, and I'm asking those, these questions on your behalf. And it's just been fantastic. So really the platform of the show has expanded from it came out of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which was it's a kind of a male sex in the city. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. And then I did my blog on my uh, website, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. And we've got that syndicated and now Guy's Guy's Radio. And we started with relationships because that's what the book was about. But there was also an underpinning of spirituality, even in the novel and redemption and uh, and uh, Reiki. I worked into the novel an introduction to Reiki through one of the characters in a in a fun way, if you will. And so when we got to Guys Guys Radio, we started out relationships and then I started being contacted by a lot of publicists and people started sending me uh, expanding minds, different thinkers, people who had to offer a lot of consideration. So it started with the heart from a romantic sense, and then it evolved into opening the heart to being open to a lot of other things. So with that, I've gotten so many tremendous guests, whether it's wellness or spirituality or channeling or, or relationships. And so we bounce around, we expanded the club. This is a show, it's really for seekers, because I think most people, whether you're a millennial, a GXer, a boomer, even a Generation Z, they're questioning things and they're asking, is there more? There's got to be more than what's being served up to us through the media and our day-to-day lives, uh, which can be repressive and uh, fear-based in, in so many ways. So what I'm doing is bringing you different guests to talk about different things for your consideration. So I hope you like the show. I thank you for supporting it. We're on Blog Talk Radio, we're on TuneIn, we're on Stitcher, and we're on iTunes. And if you want to support the show, a couple of things you can do. You don't have to send me money or anything. You can download all the podcasts for free. I would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes if you, if you so choose to. If you pick up the novel, great. It's at all the e-tailers. You can get the physical book or the, uh, the e-book, and it's in some bookstores still. And... Uh, and just spread the word and listen in. And uh, good things are coming for Guys Guys Radio. We, we started, like many other people have started, I was reading about this woman, uh, Jen Cicero. She wrote the book about, you know, how to be a badass. And it's basically a, you know, a pat on the head, one millennial to another. And now she's got three of the badass books. And I walked into the bookstore the other day, Amazon Books at Columbus Circle. And the first book that was staring at position a staring me in the face was Jen Cicero's book, how to be a badass or you are a badass. Maybe that's the name of it. And I'm like, wow. Um, she was typing in a garage a couple of years ago and she just kept at it. And now she's got this brand, if you will. And with guys, guys radio, that seems to be what's happening because I can't talk about our news yet, but cause we're still discussing some things, but it could be, 
It could be a quantum leap and a game changer. And we will be hopefully in a position to reach uh, uh, many, 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 many more people. And it'll be a lot of fun. Well, we're still going to do the same thing, though. We're going to talk about uh, relationships. We're going to talk about <clears throat> sex. We're going to talk about wellness. We're going to talk about psychology. We're going to talk about spirituality, all of that um, in a way that hopefully is fun and educational. So let's, uh, let's get ready to bring our guest out. Let me see if there's anything else I really want to talk about. Oh, the only thing is, you know, at this time of year, a lot of times we get uh, people come down with, because of the stress or whatever, we come and viral stuff going around, pick up uh, cold, sore throats, flu and all of that. I, I'm rarely sick. When I do get sick, though, I seem to get a pretty good dose of whatever it is. And I picked up a head cold around Thanksgiving, and it went away, and it's come back. And it's like, it's been the peskiest head cold. And now it seems to be 95% gone from my system. And I have done a lot of things. So I just wanted to share kind of my cures, if you will, for the rhinovirus. The first thing I did was repeatedly I <clears throat> bought ginger and uh, shave the skin off and then cut up the pieces of ginger and put them in boiling water, made a tea out of it, inhaled, inhaled the uh, fumes, if you will, the steam and the ginger is antiviral and uh, that will kill the rhinovirus, but you've got to do it over time. So it took me a couple of days that helped a lot. Then I do a smoothie every morning and I'm taking everything from, uh, you know, chlorella and spirulina and ashwanga, ashwagandha, uh, powder and things like that and maca and all all the rest to uh, I just added colloidal silver which you put droplets of it about a spoon a teaspoon under your tongue let it sit there for about 30 minutes and then you swallow it and then you you know drink some water or whatever and I always start my day the first thing I do is I swish with coconut oil organic coconut oil and spit that out and then rinse my mouth out with salt water but I have a big big glass of room temperature water with organic lemon squeezed in it and uh, fire that down. And that seems to get my system going in a really good way. So anyhow, just a couple of thoughts. There's a lot you can do to uh, take care of yourself besides taking that. You know, you can take, if you need to take uh, some of these medicines over the counter, things that are suppressive, <clears throat> or if you need to go to the doctor and get an antibiotic, I totally get it. But you also have to do, most of our Western medicine is about, <coughs> excuse me, is about, um, once you have something, how, how to get rid of it or how to suppress the symptoms. Um, so it, the best, obviously, the best thing you can do is be preventive and just stay ahead of the game and also keep your spirits up and don't think too hard and don't work too hard and don't try too hard because if you're really in alignment, and uh, Dr. Lieberman will get into that, if you're in alignment, you don't have to work as hard. And I've noticed that with this opportunity has come up for me. It was as simple as somebody uh, uh, did something with me, a healing it worked. I wrote them a note, a thank you note. After I got some results, they said, great. And, uh, they had invited me on their show. And then from there, somebody heard me and, uh, I'll be talking about that soon, but, um, I didn't have to do anything any harder. I'm doing my pick and, pick and shovel work every week, getting prepared two shows a week. It used to be one show, but ultimately, you know, you have to do the work, but you don't have to stress yourself out by working so hard that you're not enjoying things. That, that goes against the process. What you want to do is get into alignment and you'll be, as Dr. Lieberman will get into, you're going to get on your, you're on a journey already. And so just <clears throat> go along and enjoy the ride and be present. 
that's probably the best advice that either of us can give you. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. Um, this is Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. We'll be back in a moment, and we'll bring out our special guest. You're listening to the Guys Guys Radio. Woo! We're back. Back on Guys Guys Radio. So let me tell you a little bit of our, about our special guest. Um, I really have a lot of uh, respect for him, and he's a fascinating guy. I, I watched all his videos on his website. And uh, just amazing, uh, well-produced, and great messaging. And um, he's a real gentleman, too. So what happened with Dr. Jacob Lieberman, um, he's an OD and a PhD and an author. He, <clears throat> he went through a meditation um, a number of years ago, and his eyesight was uh, improved uh, drastically by like 300%. Yet when they did, he did the tests on himself to see what, you know, what, what, it, what they told him, he actually had the same vision as he did before going through the meditation, yet his vision was healed. So it's kind of amazing what, what happened there. So he's going to talk to us about that. Let me tell you a little bit about him through my introduction here, if I can get hold of it. Uh, <clears throat> basically, think of it this way. Your eyes are the windows to your soul, the key to seeing the light that expands your consciousness, allowing you to experience greater presence and aliveness than ever before. That's the presence in Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman's book, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Integrating 40 years of research, practice, and direct experience, this is a groundbreaking book and presents new science of life. Dr. Lieberman, what a man. He's a pioneer in the fields of light, vision, and consciousness. Most importantly, originally trained as an optometrist and a vision scientist in 1976 after the miraculous healing of his eyesight that I just mentioned, led him to a deeper understanding of light and the science of life. He's helped countless individuals recover their eyesight. So we're going to talk about that. And he began to understand the words of famous writer, Jonathan Swift. Real vision is the ability to see the individual. He's internationally respected author, public speaker. His, his, what, if you look at the blurbs on his book, he's got everyone from Eric, Eckhart Tolle to Deepak Chopra and Dan Millman also, who's one of my uh, inspirations in a book I'm writing right now. He wrote The uh, Life of the Peaceful Warrior, and he developed the four-minute Peaceful Warrior workout, which I do every day. Dr. Lieberman is the author of two other seminal books on light and vision. He's developed a developer of the first FDA-cleared medical device for vision improvement. Just unbelievable guy. So he's calling in from Maui. So let's bring him on the show right now. Welcome back, Dr. Jacob. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm just so happy to be on Maui where it's uh, bright and sunny and not overcast. A lot of people are not running around doing their shopping. There's no rhino viruses here and the relationships are good. <laughs> I wonder everybody you know, was living away. I I wanted to tell you that I really enjoyed listening uh, to what you shared, you know, at the end of the day, all of us can talk about interesting things, whether it's science or spirituality or presence or consciousness or light or any number of topics. But as you know, the only thing that really matters is if your life is working. That's and right. for me, what that means is that your relationships are working because when mm -hmm. they say no man is an island, we are 
in continual relationship with everything and everyone, not only our intimate partners and our children and our business partners and so on, but there's an opportunity um, that I notice in my daily life having to do with recognizing something about the magic of relationship that I feel is the heart of the healing that we experience, the awakening that we experience, and a very deep humility for life. So I just wanted to share with you that that's the most important uh, aspect of my life and the most nourishing aspect of my life is the fact that my relationships really are nourishing. They really, really feel good. I, I am feeling, how can I say, deeply in love, not only with my partner, with my children, but just with every time I have the opportunity to have a heart-to-heart conversation like we're having right now. So um, I appreciate the subject matter, the importance of the subject matter and conversations that you're bringing uh, to your listeners. No, well, thank you. Um, You know, I I think I learned between uh, our last discussion and now about how to kind of get into alignment. I'm sure you've helped along with a lot of other teachers, if you will, um, getting in alignment and not, as I mentioned, not having one of the things you mentioned is you don't have to work that hard if you're in alignment. The universe was we're on a journey. So let's take one step back first, doctor, uh, just for the benefit of some of the listeners who might not have heard you last time and talk about... um, light what how your definition of light which is a little bit different than most people's understanding of light if you will and um why uh, the fact that i don't think anybody maybe i'm wrong but i don't know anybody else is doing what you're doing and working with light the way you are is that is that true because you're a real pioneer there are there there are people that are working with light and each of us have different ways that we have been guided to work with it. I've been involved in it for, wow, you know, 45, 47 years now. And for me, um, I love to work with it in terms of expanding our relationship with life so that the aspects of life that used to upset us or catalyze stress no longer do that. And so that life becomes easier, calmer. And when that occurs, to use your words, it's much easier to just slide into this state of oneness or alignment where things just seem to flow easier. So all of my work is about coming into that better relationship uh, with life and the reason I utilize light is to answer your question is most people confuse light with the perceptual experience of brightness. When they see brightness looking outdoors, they say, Oh, that's light. Well, that's our perception of light, except light is actually not light. It's totally dark. It's, um, 
light is totally invisible. Uh, it's just through what we call consciousness and the, 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 the way that our perceptual mechanisms are designed that allow us to have this particular experience. And so um, what's important about light is that everything on the planet is nourished by it. Uh, it's not only nourished by it, but it is guided by it. Our paths are literally scientifically illuminated by it. So light is continually guiding every cell of the body to be in harmony with Mother Nature. So when you speak of alignment, what I'm sharing to support what you're saying is that the natural process of our life is continually harmonize us with Mother Nature, which is in fact alignment. And so then the process of regaining alignment is to begin to recognize what actually temporarily moves us away from alignment. Mm -hmm. And that's so, something that, that I've been looking at for many years. Okay. For, for most people, they, you know, with their eyes and eyesight, and you, you're an optometrist by training, um, they think that, you know, this eyes look out and see things. Your contention is that the eyes are a window into the pineal gland and that we don't really look out. The, we, the eye catches things, um, catches the light. Right. So could you just um, formulate that a sure. little bit more clear for, for the benefit? Because I think people need to understand that as a jumping off point. Um, it's very, very important. We've been tr trained to believe that we're here to do things. But if you look around at everything from every physiological function of the body to the workings of Mother Nature, you realize that it's all occurring without, a, without us. None of us are regulating our heart rhythms or our blood pressure or our insulin secretion or the, um, the way our bodies create or secrete hormones. We do not have anything to do with any of that. All of that is continually occurring in relation to light and darkness and the changes in light and darkness throughout the 24-hour uh, cycle. And so when people say the eyes are the windows of the soul, which I believe was initially expressed mm -hmm. by Shakespeare, what we're saying is that the eyes are not looking for the light. The light is literally catching the eye and then reflexively moving the eye toward that which we are designed to look at next. So when things catch our eye, they move our eyes towards them. Why? Because those are the things that we are designed to look at next, to guide the next step of our life. And so for me, the way it's impacted my life, I've gone from someone who, like the rest of us, was conditioned to think ahead and make things happen and so on, to notice 
what is continually moving me in one direction or another, even the kinds of things that are coming through me right now, which are occurring mm-hmm. all by themselves. So I use the expression that what's catching your eye is literally looking for you and it's moving you to the next step of your life's journey. Okay. So and that the, for me is vision. Okay. So if a person then is, um, there our story, if you will, our journeys are unfolding uh, in front of us and we really need to, what we need to do is strap in and enjoy the ride. That, uh, yeah. it, let's if that is correct, my one question about it would be, um, and I know there's an answer, and I think I know the answer, but I want to ask anyhow, is people also have free will. So if uh, you know, we're hooked up to this journey and uh, our eyes are you know, getting caught by light that's being brought to us, and this is exactly the experiences we're supposed to have, how, how then does what well, people, I think, would ask our listeners, how does free will integrate with this process? Well, I think the first thing we have to look at in regards to your question, first thing I want to say is that I can share my experience about this, but I think each of your listeners need to follow their own guidance. So you said, well, we have free will. So the first thing that comes up for me is to ask you, how do you know that? (laughs) Fantastic. Well, it seems like we have choices to do, like I'm going to have the French fries or I'm going to have a salad or I'm going to go to attend this university or maybe I'm not going to go to a trade school instead or I'm going to go to Harvard and I'm going to study or I'm not going to I'm going to study this versus that. But I guess you're saying that these things are what comes in front of us. And the, the, are you saying that the decisions are already pre-made? That's what that I am. Are, what I am saying. Well, what I'm saying is a little different. Okay. I'm asking a question because we are we say these things and then the assumption is that they're that they are they represent truth. And my experience hasn't led me to believe that I'm the decision maker. My experience brought me to some place different and allowed me to realize that I don't think I'm actually in charge of anything, even Mm -hmm. though it appears that way, because we spend our whole life thinking about things. Uh, And most of our thinking is worrying. And most of our worrying is what creates stress. Mm -hmm. And most of stress is what creates disease. Mm -hmm. So, What I'm sharing with you is this process of choosing, of thinking, of making decisions of free will indicates that we know what the right path is for us. And what I'm suggesting is that there is an intelligence in this universe. The earth is not rotating on its own. Something is animating that movement. Mm -hmm. The seasons are being animated by movement. The tides. Something is guiding everything. You know, I live in Maui, and every year, thousands of humpback whales make a 10,000-mile journey from Alaska to Maui. 
they don't have maps. They don't have the benefit of GPS systems. They right. can't ask Siri, which way should I go? They don't have iPhones. And yet, they travel in straight lines, and regardless of weather conditions or currents, their journey never varies more than one degree. Now, how does that occur? How do animals know days before a tsunami is going to hit that a tsunami is hitting and then they make their way to the highest mountains to protect themselves? I guess what I'm saying is there's a part of us that knows that we're not even aware of. And there's a tremendous amount of high-level science that has looked at your question of free will, you know, looking at people's brains with very Mm -hmm. sophisticated MRIs to see, well, what happens when you have to make a decision? And what they notice is well before you think you've made your choice and utilize what we call free will, your brain already knows what's coming up and is moving in that direction. So this is a very interesting question. And rather than saying, believe me or believe this, what I'm saying is just look at this as if you're doing an experiment and ask the question, is this true? And the way, one of the ways that I did this is when my parents hit the age of 85 I asked each of them, you've lived a long time, you've gained a lot of wisdom. What did you find in life that you could control? (laughs) Great question. Because that's what free will is. And they they both laughed at me because they said it's not in our hands. And then I proceeded to ask about another 100 people that were 85 or older. Every (laughs) single one of them, every single one of them without exception laughed. You know, like, why did you ask Mm -hmm. such a silly question? So I think as we age and sage, we gain wisdom about life. And the things that we thought that we were in charge of, we come to realize we were never in charge of them. So the mind is extremely active. We're aware of that because we observe it all of the time. I don't, from my experience, that is not what's creating the journey of our life. Okay. Let me. But don't great take answer. my word for it. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Let me, uh, where I was going, my next question was going to be, um, you know, many say that God experiences itself through, through each one of us. And that's where kind of where I was coming at with the free will. But you actually talk about that by saying, um, I think I have this quote correct. Our life is an expression of God. Life is looking for us. Our path is delivered to us by what catches our eye. Could you uh, elaborate a little bit on that, uh, doctor, and then talk about then how can we be in the best position to um, catch the things that we want to be catching, if you will? Let's, um, let me see if I can connect your prior question to this question to God. Okay. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson um, wrote 
something very beautiful that has really touched me and really touches upon this issue. And this is what he said. He said, there is a principle underlying all things. He says, it's a simple, undescribed, undescribable presence residing silently within us. We are not to do, but to let do, not to work, but to be worked upon. So here's what he's saying. He's saying there's something foundational to everything. He's saying it's very simple, but you can't describe it. It's an undescribable thing. But what it is, is a silent presence within us. He's saying the source of everything, what you call God, is not this mind that's chattering that we think is the source of our free will and guidance through life. He says there's something that silently, there's a silent presence, something that is observing everything. This is why we are aware when the mind is thinking. Because the real essence, the real godliness within each of us, is a field of awareness that notices all there is. And he says, we are not to do but to let do, not to work but to be worked upon. In other mm -hmm. words, he's saying, we're not here to decide and to work on things. We're here to allow the intelligence of life to work through us, expressing our purpose for being. And I'll give Got you it. an example of how that plays out in my own life. Okay. Um, I've done a lot of public speaking more than 2,000 times. I have not given a thought or prepared or made a note or ever used a <laughs> PowerPoint or ever used a PowerPoint in these 2000 presentations since 1977. I don't know how they occur. They're absolutely magical. It takes me almost into a, a, a magnificent state that sometimes brings me to tears as well as the audience. I don't know how it happens. People think, oh, he's a good speaker or communicator. I'm telling you, I have no idea how it is that life speaks through us. But what's happened in my own life is I've stepped out of the way and I am allowing the intelligence of life to animate me, to move me, to allow me to be, if you will, thy will be done rather than my will be done. And to allow that to work through me and it never fails me. It brings me where I need to be. It shares what needs to be shared. So I believe this thing we call God is not out there. I think it is everything. It is everywhere. And it is that silent uh, presence within us. Okay. And how for for the listener, they're probably asking themselves, well, how how did you how did you learn to do this? Let's let's take a half a step back uh, because this whole thing started with um, you went into a meditation and you came out of it and your eyesight had uh, become three hundred percent 
uh, improvement on it. Yet when you tested yourself, which I found rather curious that uh, it didn't show up that way, even though your your, your eyesight was 300% better, but the functional quantitative reading on it was still the same, but you didn't need your glasses anymore. So going from that point... In other point, words, the, mm-hmm, please. What, what you're saying is my, eyes, my ability to read the eye chart improved by 300%, right. but the optical measurements of my eyes did not change at all leading me to recognize that we do not see from the eyes alone. Something else is seeing within us, and it's not seeing through the physical mechanism of the eye. Okay. And that's for, what's for, occurred to me. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, that's okay. I, I have, I do, for most people, they reach about, like myself, I reach 45. I, had, I never needed glasses. Since then, it's been right. like a slow descent. And I would love to get my vision back. And in your books, you've mentioned ways of what people that what they can do to kind of enhance their vision, if you will. So could you talk a little bit about that? Because I think a lot of people are probably saying, well, how do I really connect the dots on this? I understand what happened to Dr. Lieberman, but what can I do? Because it, many people believe that the site um, in the traditional sense of uh, defining it is uh, age related and it you know gets weaker like other parts of our physical body get weaker and then we can't see as far and we can't run as fast and we can't jump as high etc well there's a lot of that we that we all notice as we age i'm 71 right now and i don't use any glasses for distance or for reading or any of that in terms of your question about your listeners There's Mm -hmm. many things. Uh, What I share with people is do things that will allow you to discover the truth within you. So, for instance, people that are using glasses are pretty much habituated to having them on their face all the time. That's right. So I say to them, spend small periods of time without them. Most people that use glasses for reading find that if they're reading outdoors, they can often read without their glasses on. So then there's a question of, is it my eyes or is it the fact that the lighting indoors is drastically different from sunlight, which is Mm -hmm. uh, the most important nutrient environmentally. So I say to people, spend some time each day looking at print, without your glasses on utilize your glasses when you need them but don't keep them on your face a hundred percent of the time and that in and of itself usually will improve eyesight people will notice that the longer they have their glasses off the more comfortable they get just seeing in that way and then if it's if you're an eyeglass wearer that uses them for reading What I suggest is that, you know, if you're using over-the-counter readers, maybe buy a pair that's weaker by one increment or two increments Mm -hmm. and spend time without them and then put the weaker pair on and see how you get by with that. In other words, do an experiment to see what is possible for you. Ultimately, ultimately, what what I found really makes a big shift is the recognizing that we don't see from the eyes alone, that there is something else that's noticing. And 
I said a few moments ago that we're all aware when the mind is thinking. And the reason we're aware when the mind is thinking is because our actual essence, the source of our inner seeing, is actually observing it. We think we are our minds, but we are actually that which is noticing the mind's activities. So for me, that was the linchpin. That discovery that I'm not that chatter. I'm not that discussion that's going on all the time. I'm not that worry. That has allowed me to to gain a sense of perspective where I don't feel like I'm continually in a minefield of, of mind chatter, but I get to notice these things where it comes up, and most of the time, it's just something that doesn't even distract me any longer. So most of the time, I'm not even aware of, of the mind being active. How does this relate to your question? is when this source, when our essence, that which notices the mind's chatter, is quiet, we see clearer. We are, our awareness is very sharp about things that are calling to us. Our intuition, which is our inner seeing, which is also our guidance, is working at very high levels that guides us to certain things, like... You were talking about having a head cold and mm-hmm. that in the process you uncovered that, wow, you know, if I boil uh, ginger and I inhale it and if I use that with colloidal silver and all these things, well, a lot of that, you know, maybe you read it somewhere, but some part of that was maybe your own intuition. Gee, this seems, let me try this. Let me see if this has value. The things that I speak about are things that are my own direct life's experience. They are things that came to me, and I started doing a real-time experiment to find out what is the truth, not my opinion, not someone else's opinion, but is there a truth beyond that opinion that can really profoundly impact something? And, and that's what's happened in my own life. Um, and and the, this is the type of work, you know, uh, I, in my private practice, I just mentor people, a small number of people. And this is really the essence of what is being conveyed, is how, mm-hmm. to, how to come to that place of contentment, if you will. So uh, from going through my notes and making notes as I was going through your books, um, you seem to indicate and correct me if I'm wrong or clarify that light is spirit and uh, light is the forward uh, expression. So talk to us. Your, your definition of light is, uh, is, is spirit, not people think light. Oh, it's the sun, the, you know, the brightness, but you, you see light in a different way. The light is the universal consciousness, if you will. I think we're all saying exactly the same thing. The sun, like the stars, emits an energy that we call light. That's a fact. The Bible speaks of a creative force 
that they call God, and they say this creative force is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. It's all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at the same time. And then they make a statement in the Bible, God is light. Sort of an interesting statement. If you look mm-hmm. at a lot of the literature on consciousness, people are continually saying the light of consciousness, the spiritual light. When you speak to a physicist and you speak about light, they say, oh, that's the fundamental energy that underlies everything from where everything emerges. In fact, um, a very renowned physicist, David Bohm, said all matter is frozen light. In other words, what we consider hard or material objects are actually the energy of light that has been transformed from light into matter. So when we speak about light and when we speak about consciousness and then we speak about the um, God and we speak about spirit, we're saying the exact same thing. It's just that when we think of the sun, we think of light as a physical thing. It's not a physical thing. It's actually totally formless. It's just a very subtle energy that cannot be seen and cannot be described. And yet, it behaves in the same way the Bible describes the attributes of God. Omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. So there's a great mystery here. And there's really no way to speak about these things definitively. All I'm sharing with you is what's come to me uh, over my my years of living, my life's experiences, mm-hmm. my research, and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, please, and forgive me, I'm not trying to put you on a defensive. I'm just, just no. I'm curious. So, um, so there's, then there's a relationship, doctor, between vib- light, energy, and vibration, because uh, we all talk about vibration, and uh, so many of us are aware now that there's a frequency and a consciousness around the planet, and that you know, positive thoughts can outweigh negativity and there's a ripple effect with that. Talk to us about that relationship then between light, energy, and vibration and what we can do to elevate our vibration to have a fuller, um, more enjoyable life, if you will. First of all, light is the most fundamental vibration or energy that there is. In fact, everything that we experience that we think is solid is actually vibration. It's just a complex of vibrations. And so let's talk about vibration in a way that everyone can understand. Because when we talk about energy, vibration, people don't know what the hell to make of that. But, you know, you spoke about relationships, And you know how you meet someone and you feel a connection? You feel in sync with them? And when people say, well, how was it? And you say, God, you know, we just resonated. Mm -hmm. And so what does that actually mean? It means that two people, which is just basically a field of biological vibration, came together... And their vibrations were so similar 
that they seem to merge. They came to that's why we call it our soulmate. They merged. And when they merged into that state that we commonly call love, their vibration increases. And this is not just occurring on a relational level. If you take two vibrations that are similar and you approach them at each other, they will go into a state of what we call resonance, where the two vibrations literally become one. They go into a state of oneness. Uh, Another word for that, I think, is what you used very early in the show about being aligned, being in alignment. Mm -hmm. That is the state of oneness. Well, all of us know how we feel when we're in love. We just feel better. Even if we're physically ill, we feel better. And the same thing happens when we go see doctors or healers or wellness practitioners that we feel comfortable with, we go into a state of resonance. And in a moment when we're not looking, all of a sudden our field, what you call consciousness, our vibrations expand and we start feeling better. And the reason we're feeling better is because that field is literally healing. In other words, when we're in alignment with each other, we create, without doing anything, a healing field. When we're in alignment with the source of life itself, we create, without doing anything, a healing field. So how do we... Uh, support that process in our own lives it's simply this when we connect with something or someone and we feel at home with them we are naturally there it occurs by itself when we connect with someone that we have unresolved issues with or we don't resonate with them then what happens is what we call consciousness actually reduces Because rather than having a uniting effect where the field is expanded, what actually occurs is things start feeling bad. We don't feel optimal in this particular field. So all of my work has to do with noticing which vibrations in life are we uncomfortable with. And then gradually giving a person small amounts of those vibrations in the form of color, because color is just vibration, until they start getting comfortable with what used to be uncomfortable. And when that occurs, we naturally go into this state of oneness, this state of alignment, the state of expanded consciousness or vibration without doing anything. So essentially... Essentially, there's, there are aspects of life we're uncomfortable with, unresolved issues, all kinds of things in our life. It could be a former partner or wife or husband or whatever. I have found okay. ways mm-hmm. of bringing that together, of helping okay. to support that process where those things that trigger us don't trigger us any longer. 
Now, uh, also, you talk a lot about um, breathing and the importance of breathing and some breathing techniques. Could you share a little bit about your perspective on the importance of breathing, the importance of it, and then what some things that the listeners can do to uh, uh, up their game, if you will? Sure. Um, breathing is just an expression of the body continually expanding and contracting in harmony with nature, the earth, and the whole universe, because all of them are continually contracting, uh, expanding and contracting. One of the things that I found early on in my career is when people are thinking, when they feel stressed or worried, when they're trying hard, their breathing collapses. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, rather than happening effortlessly, the breathing becomes very shallow. When the breathing becomes shallow their field of vision collapses. They can't see anywhere near as much or experience as they did before. And so when I discovered that, I started um, suggesting to my clients to do these little one-minute periods where they just close their eyes and notice how the body is breathing itself how the body is just continually expanding and contracting. And I used to tell people every time you go to the bathroom, sit down, close your eyes while you're there, and just notice the body expanding and contracting. And then I said, see if you can do that when you're brushing your teeth before you sit down to eat a meal. And even when you're driving your car and your eyes are open, just notice this process. In New York, where you live, a lot of people use you know, the trains and the subways, right? A great time to sit down and to just do these little one minute awareness, expanding meditations where you notice the body is continually expanding and contracting what you call breathing. And you also get to discover that when the mind starts thinking, the body stops breathing. And when the mind gets quiet, the body begins breathing again. And so you begin to realize that what we call thinking actually interferes with this natural process of breathing. Mm-hmm. And, that makes so and much of sense. course, breathing is inseparable from living. So it's an absolutely crucial, crucial thing. And uh, people can will get a greater understanding if, if they take the time to read Luminous Life or listen to the audio book. It will give them a, a great deal of insights and little practical things they could do at home. Okay. Um, fantastic. Um, our Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manning, our special guest, Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman. Um, you got, you have, I have three of your books here, Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. That's your seminal book. Then you have one, Take, take off your glasses and see a mind-body approach to expanding your eyesight and insight. And this has a lot of exercises to help people really kind of, uh, I'll put it in quotes, correct their vision. It's a wonderful book. Yeah. And, and then you have, uh, the third one I have is Wisdom of an Empty Mind, which I really love, which is this very snackable thoughts and uh, kind of meditations, the high price of manipulation. Um, is another one. Once you discover the truth, you can no longer lie. See, seeing things as right or wrong obscures the truth. Um, it's just wonderful. So uh, over the years, you've just every, all your books connect with each other, but they're all different. And then you had uh, you'd like me. my first book. Yes, you didn't That's mention what I have my to very get. first. Book, I know, please. Which has been out 28 years, but you'd love it. It's called the Light Medicine. 
Medicine, Medicine of, of the Future. future. Yeah. Yeah, I it, have to it introduced this whole subject. And um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thank God it's still alive and well and, and people are enjoying it. Okay, I will get it. Um, and how, how you you have a, like a who's who, the all-star team of people who've given you blurbs for the book. Uh, Amit Goswami, I know him because he's been on the show four times and he's fabulous. Sure. And uh, But I mean, just everybody is here from Dan Millman to... Eckhart Tolle to it's just on and Deepak Chopra, Michael Bernard Beckwith. Um, just how do you know all these people? Is this like the circuit that you healers no, are on? Or? Um, no, many of these people. I mean, the, the I know Michael Beckwith and I know Deepak and I know Amit. Uh, you know, we we've spoken on on programs, um, but some of these people. I've never met, like, I, I never met Eckhart Tolle, but he mm-hmm. was very, very touched with wisdom from an empty mind, has rec- suggested it for years. So, you know, people have become aware of my work and so on, you know, over the last 40-something years. And so I've been blessed that that um, people uh, of, of that league um, – have enjoyed what I've had to share. So for me, it's a blessing. Uh, a lot of the folks I don't actually know, and many of them I do know because we've spoken at scientific conferences mm-hmm. together right. and they've reviewed the book and so on. Well, you're doing fabulous work. I'm so honored that you come here, and I so enjoy our conversations. As I said at the beginning of the show, I you know, some a friend of mine asked me, who's a Hollywood screenwriter, he said, uh, sh- send me some of your podcasts. I'll listen. And uh, he said, pick out the best one. So because he's busy. So the top one was the one our last discussion. And hopefully I can send him this oh, one also, sure. because I really am moved Sweet. by your work. And um, because I'm taking an experience. One of the things is, along with everything I learn uh, on the podcast from all the wonderful guests, I've, t- I've been taking a spiritual enfoldment class for the past year. And it's really helped me. Um, coalesce all of the concepts because most of the spiritual teachers uh, like yourself are saying kind of the same things, but in a different way. And you start to, right. as, a, as a student, we start to like weave our own tapestry from that. And it's, and it's wonderful. At first I'm like, well, this one said this and he said that, and she said this, that's not really the exact same thing. And then I realized, no, it doesn't have to sound exactly the same, but really the tenets are the same. And, you know, you have to go where you're led. And um, so exactly. I'm so glad I was led to you. And um, I'm so glad I got a chance to know you. And I hope we can stay in touch. And I, I hope you'll come back to the show again. I had alluded at the beginning of the show that things may be really happening with Guys Guys Radio. And if uh, if they do, I will uh, let you know and we'll we'll get back on and do it again. And maybe we can go over your first book for that one. They will. I wish you the very best with that. Someone once said, if you receive a gift, it's because you've already earned it. So obviously, well, uh, all of the good things you're doing uh, with your life and your family and all of your listeners is touching people. So thank you so much for inviting me. And anytime, I've lo- I always love this. Okay, and it's uh, just a, one last thing, Doctor. I want to make sure everybody knows where they can find you, um, your work, and your books. So just tell everybody where your website is. The website is jacoblieberman.org, O-R-G, and Lieberman is spelled L-I-B as in boy, 
E-R-M-A-N. And we also are continually sharing things that we think are valuable on Facebook and social media and so on. And um, I think people would enjoy the site because um, this, our site is not about selling you things. No, it's great. It's just and the about videos, sharing something. The videos are amazing. Yeah. You did such a well-produced, short and sweet, super clear and educational. I love them. I watched every one today. I'm so glad and I'm, I'm so grateful that, uh, that, they're, that people enjoy them. Good. Thank you for right. supporting me. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Doctor. And um, once again, always an honor to have you on Guys Guys Radio. I wish you the best for the holidays. I'm not sure what you celebrate, but I'll say Happy Hanukkah, uh, Merry Christmas, and all the rest. And uh, all the best and light to you. Love and light. All right. Okay. okay. You will. All right. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll wrap it up. Our special guest once again, Dr. Jacob Lieberman. Uh, Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman, and it's fantastic. The Guys Guy Radio. All right, we're back. It's uh, top of the hour, and um, let me just talk a little bit about what I've been doing uh, for this past year. One of the things I've been doing to get in alignment is I've been on this uh, diet program that I developed called the Process of Elimination Diet, where each week for the past 49 weeks, I've given up something. And it's aggregate. So I give up something one week, and the next week I add something else, something else. And you know what? I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know if I would come up with 52 things. I, I still haven't. I'm on 49, but I'm, I'm getting there. And it's just been a wonderful, wonderful process. And it's so hard nowadays for people to manage their weight because there's so much delicious food out there. And there's such, you know, with the food network and all of that, everybody's a foodie nowadays. And uh, a lot of the food is very indulgent. We have to be careful about um, the packaged processed food, the hidden sugars that are in a lot of food, salts, GMOs, all that kind of stuff. So not only do we have to do that dance when we're in the process of eliminating things like I've been doing, it really can cut down on, well, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. But I will tell you just a highlight. I've managed to do this process. It's been one of the greatest experiences I've had. By far the best thing I've done diet-wise. I feel tremendous. I've lost cravings. Um, I've managed to come up with something fresh to give up every week. Has there been a little overlap? Well, I'm trailblazing here. So, yeah, I gave up one thing one week, and then a month later I gave up something similar, um, you know, made a pie one week and then another week cake. And they're all kind of in that kind of dessert, desserty type area. Um, you know, flavored yogurt, um, frozen yogurt. Are they the same thing? And you put the flavored yogurt in it. Then I started putting the flavored yogurt in the freezer before I gave that up. Like first I gave up the frozen yogurt. Then I started taking my flavored yogurt and put it in the freezer, get a little crust on it. And it was like, oh, this is delicious. And I'm like, well, is that really frozen yogurt? Well, technically not, because a lot of those frozen yogurt products are very sweet. So anyhow, have I been perfect? I've been perfect in that. I've picked out 49 things so far, and I've given them up. Um, have I been challenged? Yeah, because a couple of times I had to go out where like, I gave up tortilla chips, and then I went to a Mexican restaurant with my 
with my wife and son and my wife ordered a big thing of nachos and my son's going to eat like two nachos and uh, I can't expect her to eat this big pile. So I'm like, okay, I'll eat the nachos. And then I have to go back to the week. I gave up the nachos and fill it in with something else that I haven't had since that week and then move nachos up if you will, but little things like that. So it's been a challenge in that way, but otherwise it's been fantastic. I'm, I'm going to be doing my third blog on it and I'm working on a, actually a book um, that's going to get into that short, very short, but um, it's been fantastic. So something to keep in mind when you're getting into uh, that next phase after the holidays, which is the new year's, the, the new year's resolution, which most people for most people last a week or so, but you can do it. So anyhow, we'll be talking about things like that um, from now to the end of the year. And then hopefully I'll be able to share some news shortly. Uh, we'll see. And in the meantime, we're going to be back on Guys Guys Radio for number 332 uh, this Sunday with author Jane Duncan Rogers. So we'll see you then. As I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Mm-hmm.